0: What creatures live down in the deep? What horrors will tread through your nightmares of water and darkness? Discover the bottom of the ocean in Primordial Deep right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hello, and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez Collins. Today, Experience the first episodes of a fiction podcast, Primordial Deep, in our showcase. Next week, return to join us for the creator interview with Jordan Cobb. Dark waters contain secrets, horrors, and a lot of mystery. More than 80% of our oceans remain unmapped and unexplored. Personally, I'm torn between the feeling of we must go deeper and it can stay that way, thanks. We don't need more information, actually. Primordial Deep fully leans into, we must go deeper, with the right amount of trepidation. As an action thriller that follows a biologist hired by a secret society to investigate the sudden resurgence of marine dinosaurs. Prehistoric creatures that honestly belong, not just in a museum, but in our nightmares, are rising from the deep to be swept up on beaches and in marinas, Primordial Deep isn't just about the action of facing off against these creatures, and the thrills of figuring out how to survive and what's happening, but about something even more crucial for this genre, heroes of color and found family between them. It may be 2022, but seeing heroes who are, in the majority, people of color, in particular, black people, and who form real, tested bonds is still represented few and far in between. Primordial Deep will scare you, excite you, move you to tears, and also probably make you send Jordan Cobb a tweet or two simply composed of the word, why. Please note that the following episode contains tense, dangerous situations.
1: There is a question, the only one that matters. It hasn't been asked, but it hovers like the smell of salt in the air. Promising, sharp, inevitable. And when you get the call, the one that matters, when he finally asks. I find myself poised on the edge of New York City. I find myself standing between the sand and the sea. Somehow, inevitably, I find myself waiting, hating the naivety of the thought that maybe this time the promise will be fulfilled. That this is the call you tell yourself you've stopped waiting for. Maybe this time I will receive more than a mouthful of salt water and air. Maybe this time the universe really will open its arms. Maybe this time, there really is a question, because it's the only thing standing between me and the answers.
2: Oh, now that doesn't seem too terribly scientific. Oh! Still, here I was, thinking I'd be fighting the breakers for your attention. But it looks like I have the pleasure of the advantage. So, you're the infamous Dr. Maria Morgan. Don't you mean famous? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, Kieran Flint, pleasure to finally meet you in person. Uh, Shall we take a walk?
1: You called me to fly all the way out to New York to see the Coney Island Freak Show?
2: I called you because, according to some, you're the brightest marine biologist in the business. I took you to the Freak Show because times are strange. And things are a little bit easier to explain in a place where the only difference between reality and a dream is a skeptic.
1: I thought there was some sort of an emergency.
2: Something like that.
1: I assume you work for the government.
2: Why in the world would you assume a thing like that?
1: How else would you have gotten my number? Maybe
2: I have friends
1: in high places. You're wearing a suit at the beach.
2: You don't think it looks nice?
1: And your voicemail was... cryptic.
2: Oh, I prefer intriguing. Mysterious. A waste of my time. And yet here you are. Why is that, I wonder? Do you like carnivals?
1: I... not really, no.
2: (laughs) Do you like anything? Clarity of purpose. (laughs) I deserve that. Tell you the truth, I didn't used to like carnivals either. Once you've been on all the rides and made yourself sick on cotton candy, it's just a nightmare of funhouse mirrors and wondering how the shadows got so dark and so long. But my sister used to love this place... She used to say it was the world on the border between the weird and the wild. And I know what you're thinking. In the daylight, it's kitschy. Commercial. The beach is full of needles and glass, and the coasters are waiting to fall back into the sea. But this place, if you stand still in it long enough, if you hold your breath, you can feel it. There's something buzzing just below the surface. Beyond the bizarre. Beyond the blue. My sister could feel it. Like it was always there for her. I had to search for it. Push through the dark. I'm wondering if you're the type. If you might feel it too.
1: What happened to your sister?
2: She chased it. She died.
1: I. I'm sorry.
2: Don't be. She found what she was looking for. Can I show you something?
1: I thought that's what we came here for.
2: Yes, but not this. Not quite this. Don't get me wrong, Doctor. I'm not here to waste your time. It took me a very long time to track you down, and we have a lot to discuss. Things I think you might even like? But I'd like to show you something else before we begin. Because I'm not sure you'll understand what I'm talking about unless I do.
1: Where are you taking me?
2: To the edge. If we're going to be working together, there's a line you'll need to cross that's not quite reality. Not quite nightmare. It lives in the place my sister found. I need to give you a taste of a... Stranger reality. Well?
1: I want answers.
2: You'll have them.
1: You're a con man. I don't want your words. I want proof.
2: Of what? I haven't even told you what you're asking for. Yet.
1: Everything. Whatever it is you're selling.
2: Well, then I guess you'd better come with me. That is, unless you're enjoying the show.
1: Watch your step. Are we... Allowed back here? Uh,
2: The benefits of having friends in low places. Just don't touch any of the props and you'll be fine.
1: So this is it? A warehouse full of creepy old throwaways under the stage of a carnival act?
2: Where better to hide an oddity than in a house dedicated to the strange? If
1: it's something worth hiding, I'd put it in a safe.
2: Well, if you want to be pedantic about it. I assume the enormous secret vault is more to your tastes? Whoa. Whoa indeed. You might want to stand back. What's that? Huh? Oh, the image. A three-headed crystal snake, swallowing its own tail.
1: That's not a government emblem.
2: No, it is not. The security is new, but don't let that fool you. This building is very, very old. Welcome to the Borderlands, Dr. Morgan. Care to cross over?
1: What is this place?
2: My office. Do you believe in secret organizations? No. (laughs) Then this is about to get very complicated. You've heard stories, no doubt. Backroom gatherings, shadow brotherhoods dedicated to the pursuits of their own ends. Be it money, influence, sex, power... All to be acquired by whatever means necessary. Ours is, and always has been, knowledge. You see that there? Sapientia Iannua Vitae. Wisdom is the gateway to life. The Syndicate of Vis has always understood this. They are the words we thrive by. As such, it is our mission uncover the mysteries of this universe and discover the nature of its essence. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is everything. Imagine all that we could do with this world if we only understood it.
1: And let's say, hypothetically, for argument's sake, I believed you. If I didn't just think you were rich and bored and out of your mind, why would you tell me any of this? Cults and secret boys' clubs and weird super-spy syndicates, if they exist at all, operate on the utmost secrecy. And you just broke that. Why?
2: Because you wanted the answers. Just like me. Are you bored, Dr. Morgan? Are you out of your mind? No. And yet, all the same, when this is through, I'm going to ask you a question. And you're going to say yes.
1: Oh my god.
2: This is one of off offsite laboratories. Uh, As you can see, we're running on a minimal staff. This newest endeavor of ours is already well underway, so we can keep things here to the essentials.
1: Did you hit a snag?
2: (laughs) Not at all. We're just... missing a piece.
1: So you called me?
2: I like to save the best for last. What on earth? No, there's something you don't see every day.
1: What the hell kind of a fish is that?
2: You don't recognize it? Should I? Uh, Not necessarily. It's called... zefactness. It's twenty feet long. Twenty-two, actually. The largest specimen ever recorded. Jesus. Just look at those fangs. I wouldn't get too close. It's very dead, but we found it has a reflexive and rather forceful bite. Where did you find this? Someone pulled it in off the pier three days ago.
1: That thing was swimming in the bay? Here?
2: It was. There have been rumors of something large and carnivorous circling these shores all summer. Now, we finally have some hard proof.
1: I thought you were calling me in to take a look at a sick dolphin or consult on a new habitat for the aquarium, but this... a new
2: species... It's not. Sorry? It's not a new species.
1: Then... it's migrating? Or a new invasive species? I'm... Sorry, I just don't understand why you need a marine biologist.
2: I called you because this species of fish hasn't existed since the late Cretaceous. Zephaktanus is extinct. What? We think there might be more of them. What? Doctor, we are standing on the precipice of something entirely new. This isn't the first evidence we've found of extinct species making their way back into the natural world. But in this case, the Syndicate has particular reason to be... concerned. We have no idea whether the species has re-evolved naturally, or if it never actually died out in the first place. But we'd like to find out. And I'd like you to be the one to help us do that. Me? Who better to study a fish than a marine biologist?
1: A paleontologist? I don't know anything about these things. It's behavior, it's hunting style, it's habitat. We
2: have paleontologists on site, looking into these creatures, but I need someone on the ground, pulling in fresh data. Someone brilliant, and capable. You mean out there? Yes. (laughs) A team has already been assembled. There's a station deep down in the heart of the sea, waiting for you to arrive and fill it with light to banish the mystery. There is a world of wonder, waiting to be uncovered, reclaimed, the adventure of a lifetime.
1: But why me? Uh, Your sister.
2: It was one of the last things she asked of me. We have been planning for something like this for a very long time. We had a chance once. And we missed it. I won't let that happen again.
1: Did I... know her? Or... I'm sorry, I don't
2: remember. You wouldn't. She never met you. But she'd heard of you. Studied your work. And that was enough. I think you two would have gotten along very well. She wanted you as a part of this. And so do I. Here. Take this. The Creatures Beneath.
1: A Complete Guide to Prehistoric Sea Monsters. By Ursula Sintish.
2: I hope you'll find it useful.
1: Mr. Flint, I... Kieran, please. Kieran. This all sounds... incredible.
2: You don't believe me.
1: I'm sorry. I just... don't know that I'm the right person for this.
2: None of us do. Unless we try. What do we really know until we go out there and make the discovery? This world is much bigger than you can imagine, Doctor. It's wilder, stranger, and it's waiting for you. Time to make the answers. So?
1: When do we start? When do we start? If only somebody had warned me. If Kieran had smiled that wickedly knowing tease of a smile, and told me we'd started from the moment I'd taken this book. From the freak show. From his invitation. If I had known that I was already on my way. No time for a change of clothes. That the only place I'd have to collect my thoughts would be here, crushed into the margins of this book of ancient life. You're starting at the end of the treasure map, kid, and tracing your way back. Zephactinus marks the spot. Before I knew it, it was as if someone had reached out and peeled all the colors out of the world, unraveling every yellow and white and green until I was surrounded, free-falling in an endless sphere of rolling blue. It took hours to reach the drop-off point. Hours of watching the shoreline grow wasting thin, then blacken and shrink into the sea. Waves licked up the side of the old motorboat, ocean spray leaping high to kiss our cheeks as the wind danced its fingers through our hair. As I watched Kieran at the helm, I could almost understand how you could love this. But then my eyes caught the dark undulation of the waves, and my mind sank through the endless abyssal depths. People claimed that anything could be down there. I know for a fact they're right. I used to be able to say with confidence that I knew what lurked in that primordial deep. And even then, what I was sure of was only a fraction, a glimmer, a nothing of a fact. Today, the world is bigger, darker, full of teeth. And there I was at the edge of it.
3: So, this is the little beauty that'll be taking us all the way down.
4: Don't even think about it. I'm
3: not thinking, I'm just saying. There's a whole lot of ocean out there, Shira could use a sub.
4: That's a whole lot of paydays going to something the Cherry Stone can't even tug. It's one or the other, sir. And I know you're not leaving Cherry behind, you'd rather die.
3: Ah, you may have a point there. (sighs) Killjoy. Pirate. I resent that. Captain. Here comes trouble.
4: Tenth of a share says this one's the last one.
3: Done. Ahoy there!
4: Ahoy yourself, Captain!
3: Mr.
2: Flint, pleasure as always. Lieutenant? Mr. Flint. May I introduce Dr. Maria Morgan, marine biologist? She'll be taking point on the scientific end of this endeavor. Pleasure. Doctor? Maria, this is Captain Clarine Loire and Lieutenant Commander Talise Ashira, both formerly of the U.S. Navy. I
1: didn't realize this research project was going to be so heavily armed.
2: You'll be heading into unpredictable waters, Doctor. I want to make sure you all come back in one piece.
1: You mean... you're not coming with us?
2: No. Someone has to collect all the data and pass it up the food chain. Don't worry, you're in good hands. Are we waiting for anyone else, or...? I believe the entire crew is now officially accounted for. I'm sure you're all itching to be on your way, so... As soon as your final checks are complete... It's full steam ahead.
1: Wait, we're just leaving? Just like that? I haven't even got my bag. I need to send back to the university for my equipment, uh, my research. I
2: already had someone sent around to your hotel to pick up your things. They're waiting for you on board. Anything else you need that isn't waiting on the station will come through on a first supply shipment.
1: And when will that be?
2: In one week's time. Cheer up, Doctor. The best beginning is an unexpected dive. Your answers are waiting. Don't tell me you've changed your mind.
1: I... No. Uh, Of course not.
2: Then I suggest you get yourself introduced to the rest of the crew. It's a long way down. Doctor, I expect strange things. Captain, a word if you don't mind. Of course, sir.
4: Ever been on a boat before? Of course. Sub's different except for the part where you know not to touch anything unless I give you explicit instructions otherwise. Come on, let's get you inside.
0: I'll introduce you to the crew. Radio Drama Revival started as a real radio show in Maine in 2007 and has been showcasing fiction podcasts and elevating the voices of their creators since then. We have a Patreon, and it's really crucial to keep this show afloat. Our team is growing bigger in order to handle all our production needs, and they deserve to be paid fairly for this work. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash revival. You can hear past bloopers from our previous host, David Reinstrom, and even a blooper file on me. I'd love to see you in our Patreon Discord, where we ask you for your questions, for interviews if you have any and talk about podcasts, and also whatever weird fact David has come across recently. Again, that's patreon.com slash revival. Any amount helps. Really. Now, back to Primordial Deep.
5: Well,
6: I never- To which I reply, congratulations, sweetheart. There's a first time forever. <laughs> <laughs> Look alive, gents! Looks like we got some new blood on board.
4: Everyone, this is Dr. Maria Morgan. She'll be representing our Scientific Division.
6: I say she is. What's your major, beautiful? Please tell me it's chemistry. Don't mind him. He's a bit of a flirt. I am. What was your first clue, dog? The wing? The one-liner? the hand on your thigh? What? Oh! I, uh, <laughs> that's... <laughs> don't worry. I tease. I don't bite. Hard. Aiden David. Everyone calls me Spinner. Been hunting cats out in the savannah these past couple of years, so, uh...
1: You'll excuse me if I'm not quite
6: house-trained just yet.
1: What's a big game hunter doing on a field expedition?
6: He showed you the fucking fish, right? And this is- Dr. Destin
5: Seychelles. Wonderful to meet you. Good to see they decided to bring another doctor on board. I was starting to worry I'd have the run of the whole station to myself. What a disaster that would have been. I'm a medical expert myself, not science, though I do have a bit of a soft spot for dinosaurs. I don't suppose I need to tell you that.
1: Actually, I'm a marine biologist. Are you really? Oh, you'll be right at home then. I suppose I'll
5: be deferring to you when push comes to shove. Do you prefer Maria or Dr. Morgan? I don't mind people calling me Doc, but I'm happy to go by Destin to avoid confusion. Doc's happy with anything,
1: always. Maria is fine. And you are?
7: Matira Coburn. But it's such a mouthful. Call me Maddie, Engineer. Not that anyone's let me do any engineering. Not even on that rusted excuse for a tub we rolled out here on.
4: Cap's already told you. You keep your
7: tools off
4: the cherry stone.
7: I'm just saying, that motor could run a hell of a lot smoother.
4: We don't need you messing around and playing with our ship. Cherry runs fine, just the way the captain likes it. He wants you to fix something,
7: he'll say so. Okay! Okay! No me culpes si la maldita cosa se hunde. So,
6: Mareja, the marine biology queen, where'd you come from? The sea foam spit you out beautiful, or have you just been hiding from
1: me? I'm sorry, are you going to be doing this the whole time? Attempting to establish some pseudo hierarchy of sexual dominance and sleezing your way to the top to fulfill some underdeveloped sense of masculinity? Because it's exhausting. Have you all just been putting up with this?
7: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: wow, this should be
7: fun.
6: Are you always? <laughs> yeah, I am. You take care of the cherry for me now, Mr. Flint.
2: As if you were my own. Happy travels, Captain.
3: We'll try not to get eaten. <laughs> Lieutenant Ashira. Sir. Take the helm for final checks. Everyone, I assume you've all met Dr. Morgan? Yeah, we've met. Doctor, I suggest you strap in. We're about to begin our descent.
4: Final checks. Security locks. In place. Initializing automatic depressurization. Releasing holding clamps. Everybody hold tight! (laughs) 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 On your mark, Captain.
3: Take us down.
4: Beginning descent.
3: Next up, the Abyssal Plane.
1: Do you think you know the dark? You've seen it, experienced it. The black and creeping veil that swallows everything until the world you thought you knew is nothing but vague, half-formless shadows that twitch and leer and grasp. The familiar is lost, melted into a writhing Stygian morass, and you find yourself facing a twisted universe. If you've ever had a nightmare, ever woken screaming in your bed, ever watched the world around you warp and grow strange, then this is the part where you shiver and say that yes, you know the dark. You're wrong. We drifted through the twilight zone and watched as the world around us turned from sapphire to navy and then to a flat, dull gray. And still we sank. The sun vanished, entirely. At first the world looked like night. Silver scales flashed and bubbles winked in the black, dancing around us in a vortex of stars. But one by one, the bright sparks died. The sub descended deeper and deeper, and I was reminded that even on the blackest nights, when even the moon will hide its face, the promise of the sun's light still lingers in the atmosphere. We're never truly banished from its glow. Except down here. And still, we sank. There is a color beyond black. A deep and inky darkness I can only call ocean. Our headlights couldn't cut it. There were no shapes, no shadows. But we could hear the calls of the things that lived there. We could hear them moving. And still, we sank.
7: (sighs) Jesus, it's freezing down here! Here. Thanks.
6: I'd offer to let you slide over here and bunk with me, but I think Her Majesty might object.
7: (laughs) There it is. I'd wash that if I
1: were you, Maddie. No telling where it's been.
6: You don't mind a little frost, do you, Mireya?
1: Not at all. It's predictability I can't stand.
6: Then I'll be sure to keep you guessing. Will you two chill out?
7: (laughs) Too late.
6: There will
3: be heat and specialized uniforms waiting for us down on the station.
7: It doesn't exactly keep us warm now, though, does it?
3: Lieutenant, what's our progress report?
4: We're approximately 5,500 meters below the surface and falling.
5: That's nearly at the ocean floor.
1: We should be coming up on her any- I see it. She came floating up out of the gloom, at first indistinguishable from the ocean surrounding it, but then the twin beams of our headlights slid over her glittering carapace, and we caught our first glimpse of the station. She looked something like an enormous jeweled crab, a huge obsidian and bronze dome resting squatly on six curving legs. The frosted eyes of the many windows of laboratories and observation decks peered up at us through the dark, and three huge half-moon towers stretched up to greet us like elegant, outstretched claws. And for the first time since that morning, I found I couldn't help but smile.
3: There she is. Home sweet home.
4: Beautiful. Adjusting descent vector. Beginning initial docking
1: approach. What's she called? The Tiamat.
7: Holy shit. Is that diamond glass?
1: Yep. Diamond glass?
7: Experimental new technology. It's specifically designed to withstand the stresses of interplanetary travel. So the astronauts don't have to rely on external technologies to get a view of what's around them. I didn't realize it was already being put into use.
4: Technically it's not. This whole station was built as a generous donation on behalf of Interrider Bio Industries. Building better worlds. Seems Mr. Flint does indeed have friends in high places. Why is it dark? Systems haven't been brought online yet. Come on, Doc.
3: They built us a station. Can't have them doing all the heavy lifting, can we? Where's
4: the fun in that?
3: We'll be getting all the systems live after we dock. You mean this station
5: doesn't even have any air?
4: Life support systems should already be in place, just running at minimal power. Captain, as a precaution, I'd suggest everyone suit up before we dock. In case they forgot to leave the oxygen running.
3: You heard the lady. Check the compartment just there. Everything should be labeled.
1: How did Kieran manage to get these all in our sizes?
6: He didn't just ask you over breakfast?
1: You're joking. I didn't even know I was going to be here until this morning.
5: He said he'd put a lot of research into assembling this crew. I met him thanks to a mutual colleague. I don't suppose it's unreasonable he had access to things like background checks, employment files, medical histories?
1: And that didn't set off any red flags?
7: Frankly, I'm happy just to have a job. I kept applying to internships and night school programs and trying to find a spot in a lab somewhere so I could get some practical engineering training.
1: You don't have practical engineering training?
7: Oh, believe me, I've got plenty of training. Been pulling things apart and putting them back together since I was four. And working in a garage since I was fifteen. But big companies like Felion want me to send them a little piece of paper with a fancy university sticker to prove it. And I haven't got that kind of cash. I kept applying, though. And then, Kieran reached out. Guess he just pulled me out of the slush pile. Said his people would pay my way into whatever school I liked. And put in a good word for me with the people at Intergers engineering department if I took the gig. It was kind of a no-brainer.
1: What about you two?
3: Got his card in a bar. From an old navy buddy of mine.
4: And I go where the captain goes.
6: As if I could have stopped you.
4: Somebody's got to keep
1: you out of trouble.
6: What about you, Queenie? What brings you down to our level? I got the call. And?
1: (laughs) He took me to Coney Island.
4: Proximity alert. Getting us aligned for initial docking. Alignment achieved. Docking clamps are in place. Airlock bridge is extended. We have connection, Captain. Preparing to pressurize on your mark. My mark? Ha ha. Pressurization sequence initiated. Cycling up. The bridge is live, sir. Okay, let's. Ah! Is everyone okay? police? That wasn't me. Something's knocked us off our alignment, Captain. Docking clamps two and four are compromised. The bridge is losing integrity. Um, guys? Shit. I'm not reading any structural damage to the sub's hull. I'm seeing it.
3: Everyone helmets on now. Lieutenant, get us out of here.
4: Switching to manual overrides. Helmet, Lieutenant. Now
6: place really knows how to roll out the welcome wagon.
4: Jesus, we're going to drown. Belay that talk, sailor. We are not going to die here.
3: Lieutenant, how soon till you can get that door open?
4: Any minute now, sir.
3: Everyone, line up. As soon as that door opens, we're going to have to move on to the bridge as quickly as we can.
4: You
5: mean the flooding bridge?
3: Unless you know of a second one, Doc. Don't worry. If we do this orderly, we're all going to be fine. Maddie. Yes, sir? There should be an emergency screen between each of the three segments that make up the bridge. Soon as everyone's in, you and I are gonna pull them down, stop any more water from getting in and weighing us down. Aye, sir. Lieutenant, I want you in front leading the charge. And getting that main entrance open. That's an order. We'll take up the rear.
7: Aye, Captain.
3: You alright there, Maria. You're looking a little pale.
4: Fine, Captain. Captain, I have manual controls.
3: Okay. On my mark. Remember, keep it fast, keep it orderly. Now, Lieutenant!
4: Brace yourselves! Come on, keep moving. Hold together. First screen's compromised. Let's move on to the next
3: one. Is that everyone? Get a hold of that lever there. Pull hard to release the screen. Get him down. One, two. THREE! Okay. Next screen. One... Two... THREE! Okay. That should buy us some time.
4: inside in a matter of minutes. Everyone can stand to be a little cold and wet until then.
6: Aye, aye, Lieutenant. So is anybody going to explain what the hell just happened? docking procedure was compromised. Yeah, I got that part. But what the hell was that? Felt like we got slapped by the pissed off end of a whale.
1: Whales don't dive down this deep. The pressure's too great. All right
6: then, Queenie. What was it? there's something fucking out there.
1: I don't know. Stop calling me that. You're the boss, Frost.
3: All right. Enough. If you two can't play nice, I'll put you both back out on the sub and you can figure out how to get yourselves home. (laughs) system's turned on, and it's
6: business as usual. Let's just hope Kieran packed a little spare underwear into that first supply shipment.
3: Well, we made it.
4: I'm reading atmosphere and internal pressure levels at standby mode, sir. We can pull the helmets
3: if- No. I want everybody suited up until this place is up and running. Don't want any more surprises.
4: You heard the captain. Suits stay on.
3: Spinner, Maddie, you two start heading down to engineering, get the power online. Doc, I want a medical inventory to the lieutenant by this evening. Mireya, if you'd start getting the laboratory set up, we'll be underway. Shira, with me, we'll get the bridge and the basics online, then I want to take a look at the damage.
4: Hi, sir. You have your orders.
3: I know we've had a bit of a rocky start. Some of us have come into this on the wrong foot, but so long as we're down here, we've got no one to rely on but ourselves. From what you all showed me out there just now, I think we're gonna do just fine. From here on in, we take care of one another. That's priority one. Regardless of any contract you may have signed that says otherwise, we are in this together. We get through this together. Pull this thing off, and we solve a little mystery, and we get very, very rich together. Consider this the adventure of your lifetime. Welcome to the Tiamat.
1: This episode of Primordial Deep Tiamat. Featured the vocal talents of Jordan Cobb as Dr. Maria Morgan, Kevin K. Gomez as Kieran Flint, Jesse Inacalia as Captain Clarion Loire, Regina Renee Russell as Lieutenant Commander Talise Ashira, Giancarlo Herrera as Aiden Spinner Davitt, Eamon Layton as Dr. Destin Seychelle, and Lindsay Zana as Matira Maddie Coburn. This episode was written, directed, and produced by Jordan Cobb. Sound design by Julia Schifini. Our score is composed by Daryl Banner. And our cover art is made by Chelsea Getter. This episode was sponsored by Descent Into Midnight, a new Powered by the Apocalypse role-playing game where the players create their own psionic alien sea creatures, the city they defend, and the corruption threatening their world. You can find your copy and play today at www.descentintomidnight.com. And check out our show notes for more information. Our producers are Angel Acevedo, Ryan Bolter, Alex Hensley, and Timothy Legron. Our executive producers are Robert Anderson, Andrew Bauer, Richard Groitz Landry, Fool and Scholar Productions, and Luna Stage Theater in West Orange, New Jersey. Special thanks go out to our Indiegogo and Patreon donors. To find out more, visit us at nosuchthingradio.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash no such thing productions.
3: Watch this.
4: and give me some light. Delise. There's something embedded into the side of the sub here. Do you see it? What is it? I don't know, but it's as thick as my thumb and about the size of a dinner plate. And it won't come loose!
0: If you liked what you heard, you can support the creators of Primordial Deep at nosuchthingradio.com slash support. Radio Drama Revival runs on the results of our full moon tarot readings and Ellie shouting Persephone No at their cat in every single interview. If you'd like to help keep us afloat and featuring new, diverse, unique fiction podcasts and their creators, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash revival And now we bring you our moment of David. Hey, buds.
3: David here, bringing you a taste of a stranger reality. I have just returned from a music festival in the hawking hills of southeastern Ohio, a forested, misty place in the foothills of Appalachia, a place of moonshine and mine fires. I bought a tarot bag from a sweet queer couple in a flea market, and they threw in a couple of rocks for free. Thanks, Risa, if you're listening. Jillian and I sat in the rain for five hours to make a pilgrimage to see one of her favorite recording artists, a folk musician named Michael Hurley, best described as an outsider folk artist. Give him a listen, you'll see what he's about. All right, be good to one another. Back to you, Elena, my goodly sea captain.
0: That means it's time for the credits. This episode was recorded in the unceded territory of the Kalapuya people, the Klitskani Indian tribe, the Kalitz Indian tribe, and the Atfalati tribe. Colonizers named this place Beaverton, Oregon. Our theme music is Reunion of the Space Ducks" by the band Kylo Kaz. You can find their music on Free Music Archive. Our audio producer is Will Williams. Our marketing manager and line producer is Anne Baird. Our researcher is Diane Tapia. Our submissions editor is Rashika Rao. Our associate marketing manager is Jillian Schrager. Our transcriptionist is Katie Yeomans. Our audio consultant is Eli Hamada-McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our executive producers are Fred Greenhouse and David Randstrom. Our mascot is ticker tape, the GOAT. I'm your host, Elena Fernandez-Collins. This has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome.